Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Andrew Roberts. I am the host of the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, and in today's episode, our guest is just a a great human being, a great guy, and a really smart person, and financially savvy. His name is Ryan Dodge. He is the president and CEO of Syntex REIG, that's Real Estate Investing Group. He is a former sergeant in the U.S. Army, and he is an Aggie. He loves to hunt, and he's just a great guy. And his mission at uh, the Syntex Real Estate Investing Group is to empower people to create financial freedom through knowledge and entrepreneurship and real estate. And that's exactly what we talk about. I mean, this whole podcast is about reaching financial freedom. That's everyone's goal, right? And so he was a perfect person to get on the podcast. He's so smart when it comes to investing and starting a business and real estate. And I learned so much from this podcast. I hope you guys will too. It's really good. It's also interesting to hear his story. He had some hard times throughout his life. And he just faced it head on. And it really put him into situations that uh, created success for the future. Um, So it was an honor to have him on the podcast, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, here is Ryan Dodge. All right. So the mics work. Ryan Dodge. What a great name. (laughs) Thank you so much for for joining me today um, on the podcast. Um, with a name like that, I feel like your parents are just like, this kid's going to grow up to be a badass, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you have any uh, any siblings that have, I mean, just, I mean, that's just a solid name. Uh, actually, you know, I grew up in a, in, a, in a union household. My dad is retired from Chrysler, which, okay. is, which is the owner of Dodge. Right. right. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, I actually grew up driving Mopar vehicles as well, so I got a Dodge Ram sitting outside. But uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, we we get pretty good discounts. Nice, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, well, uh, Ryan, like I said, thank you for for coming to the podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell the listeners and, and myself. Okay. So, just so everybody knows, I'm I'm 27 years old. I'm a full time business owner and real estate investor here in Central Texas. Uh, I'm prior military, so I did four and a half years in the United States Army Infantry. I was air assault. I was a non-commissioned officer. I did a a year in Iraq, um, so I am a disabled combat veteran. Um, So I'm I'm really not just your average 27-year-old. I feel like I've been around the world. Well, actually, I have, and I've been in some pretty dark places, and I guess I was really forced to grow up rather quickly. Sure. Uh, But getting out of the military, I knew that I never wanted to to have a W-2 job. I mean, I just, I really value my time, Mm -hmm. and and I wanted to control my time and my income. So uh, I went to school for business administration uh, there in um, Central Texas A&M, uh, with a focus on entrepreneurship, and I really wasn't happy with what I was seeing. Um, you know, they really weren't teaching folks what they really needed to know to be successful business owners. Uh, and I, I would read my professor's bios, and you know, 90% of them have never even owned a business, and a few that have were garbage. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the blind leading the blind. Sure. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's you, that saying that those yeah. who don't do teach. Exactly. Know? So, but go ahead. So then, you know, as far as my real estate journey, um, 
you know, getting out of the military, uh, I, I just had an interest in real estate while I was going to college. So I got all my certifications to be a licensed real estate agent. And then while I was driving to Austin to take that final proctored test, I, I don't know why it took me eight weeks to figure this out, but I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to be the guy that represents buyers and sellers. I want to be the guy that owns and controls properties. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was called yeah. at the time. I just knew I wanted to be that guy. And so uh, I actually turned the truck around. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I went back and I did some research and I went to a networking event uh, in Austin, Texas that night. And it was uh, a rich attorney here in, here in Austin pitching mm -hmm. a four-day boot camp for $8,000. Yeah. And I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, because they're just... There's no way that you could um, become a business owner and real estate investor in, in four days. In four days, It's yeah. just not happening. Right. In my mind. But I was watching people sign up for this. Mm -hmm. And so, anyways, I ended up leaving. Um, and then, you know, I was like, at that point, I was pretty butthurt. I was like, real estate <laughs> investing education is cutthroat. Um, and then I found some ad online where it said something about learning all areas of real estate investing, get paid while you train, this, that, and another. Uh, and, and I got started with that company called Renatus and uh, I invested in that. They provided me with some funding options, got on board, had my education paid back to me within the first two months and then uh, closed on my first fix and flip within the first year, which is 30K in profit. Uh, yeah, we have an earnings plan. I cleared a little over 30 grand on that as well. So I definitely replaced my income just within eight months of getting started. Yeah. And then my second year, I ended up picking up uh, a 14 unit apartment complex. So I do have 14 doors that are paying me rent every single month. Um, also, I did over a dozen wholesale and subject to existing financing transactions my second year. Okay. And then um, I have several raw land investments that I also picked up. That year, uh, I cleared a little over 105000 on the earnings plan with that uh, Renatus group, which uh, I founded here in the Austin, Texas market. Mm -hmm. um, we have an office off uh, in, in Sunset Valley. Okay. And so also um, my third year, so this is my third year as a business owner and real estate investor. I've completed seven fix and flips so far this year. Wow. Um, completed a couple wholesale transactions. I have a commercial co-working space in Austin as well. Okay. Scale up, co-connect, entrepreneur share space. Um, I'm now the, the co-owner of a hedge fund here in Austin. Awesome. Uh, that's uh, Berkut uh, FX, I think is what it's called. Okay. It's all really new to me. Sure. <laughs> but it all ties into the real estate. So yeah. I own a marketing business and... Uh, so I'm the CEO and president of Centex REIG Inc. That stands for Central Texas Real Estate Investors Group. Okay. And we just really foster an environment for everybody to be highly successful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very I cool. I probably missed a lot of transactions. I mean, honestly, in the past three and a half years that I've been in this business, mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to to name all the deals that I've done. Sure. Which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, it's a great thing. Yeah, <laughs> being too busy, it's a good problem to have. Right. Um, so um, I kind of want to go back, uh, back to why did you decide to join the military? Did you have, do you come from a family of military people or? Um... No, I don't. So, you know, I, I had a very troubled childhood. I was a bad kid. Okay. I mean, I was popping ecstasy pills in middle school. Oh, wow. I mean, I was in a juvenile detention facility for 
close to nine months, um, you know, between my eighth grade and, and freshman year. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I ended up straightening out, but my dad, you know, the Chrysler plant in St. Louis, where we're originally from, mm-hmm. uh, shut down. So he had to make a choice to take the buyout, which was like 390 grand plus a, a Dodge Ram truck or move to Indiana. I've never even been to, oh, yeah. I, I can say I've been there now, but there's nothing out there. <laughs> right. And, and finish out his career at the Chrysler plant, which was just four more years. Okay. So I was in a position to where like, hey, this is my childhood home. This is where I grew up. Sure. Um, this is, you know, I got to make something happen here. Yeah. So I just had the bright idea one day, like, I need to do something with my life. Yeah. And so I walked into the Army recruiting station. I was like, look, I want the most badass job that you have. Like, it, I really want to serve yeah. my country. And uh, and then I ended up being infantry, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way because you know I would not be where I am today for if it wasn't for the military. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So you, you pick up a lot of leadership skills there. You, you you grow up quickly. You get to really figure out how how this world works. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, thank. First of all, thank you so much for your service. Oh, you're welcome. And um, you know, I I, I never know if that's the right thing to say or. Um, you know, because it is, you know, appreciated, uh, of course. Um, but I don't know if that makes like people feel uncomfortable. No, it doesn't make, you know, people uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, with some veterans, they don't really know what to say to it, but this is what I say back. Mm-hmm. I say, just thank you for your support. Yeah. I mean, cause that's, it's, that's, you know, we need our support. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, joining the military, um, and then, you're out of the military and did what made you want to go to school like what at that point um i mean why 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 that decision well i knew that i wanted to be a business owner that's what i knew i knew that i was never going to work for somebody (laughs) because like i said i wanted to control my time and i wanted to control my income and did you think about that while you were in the military did you make that decision because pre-military you're in high school right uh yes okay so there was only a year gap between high school and going into the army so no i had no intentions on being a business owner until the time really came to where like hey i'm getting out what am i gonna do right Right. okay it all it all came to fruition pretty quickly sure yeah (laughs) that's awesome and so i'm sorry for interrupting but you were saying that you knew you didn't want to work for someone else right um why i mean what was the reason behind that because i i would say that um i for some reason seek approval um in a lot of in a lot of cases and while i do have an entrepreneur bug um so to speak and um i love you know the freedom that comes from you know this industry um i come from a football background and I loved like making my coaches proud and, you know, making my parents proud and kind of seeking that, um, approval a little bit. So subconsciously, um, I still kind of want to like have a boss that's like, that says that, you know, Hey, good job. Right. Um, so what made you want to work for yourself and control, I guess, your finances and, and your business? Okay. Because there's, that's a good question. Uh, because I believe that retirement is a failed plan. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Agreed. I mean, I, I grew up watching my dad work his entire life just to retire on a fixed income. Sure. My dad never admits to anything, mm-hmm. but he will admit uh, that he probably could have done things differently because working all of your life, you know, hard, he retired making like $90,000 a year, yeah. but now he can barely make ends meet. So yeah. that's just not where I want to be at that point in my life. Sure. Um, 
I'm sure other folks have seen their, uh, you know, their senior peers uh, actually retire from one job and get another. I know my my soon-to-be wife, Tyler, her dad is a retired first sergeant Mm -hmm. and then had to go out and get another job as a government contractor. Uh, They call him a lar. He makes six figures, but now he's working on his second retirement. And so he was out there, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, in the motor pool, which in the military, that's where we keep our vehicles and that's where, you know, maintenance happens. He oversees wheeled vehicle maintenance. Okay. Uh, so when the soldiers can't figure something out, he's the one that helps them out because he's, you know, so, so well vetted in that. Gotcha. But um, he was out there in the motor pool till like nine o'clock at night on a weekday. And he's, he's damn near 60. Yeah. Like that's right. just not where I want to be. Sure. Yeah. You, you can't save yourself to wealth. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's never going to happen. And so. I believe that we've all been, um, you know, misled in okay. a way. And I'm trying not to offend anybody here, but we've been trained to go to school and get a job. Right. And that's just, you know, being part of the system. Yeah. Right. And so sure. I've always been a little bit of a rebel. Okay. And, um, you know, I knew that's just not the path that I wanted to take because I've just seen it fail for, for so many other folks. I mean, the reality of it is, is that... Your job, um, you could be let go tomorrow. Yeah. And if the numbers don't work, you could be let go tomorrow. Right. And so, um, you know, that's a lot of where that stemmed from. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, a, a job is just something I, I can't even fathom mm-hmm. anymore. Like, yeah. I, I, I would never go back to a job. You yeah. couldn't pay me $200 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. Right. I got you. Um, and so you... Um, so you knew you wanted to work for yourself, and then you go to Texas A&M University to get a degree in business. Correct. Um, and so earlier you mentioned that you know we were kind of trained to go to school and then get a job. Right. Um, and so did you see A&M or a college education as being the the best education for you at that point to become a business owner? Absolutely not. Okay. So at this point, I started with not um, the answer I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. I'm going to once again try not to offend anybody. No, with, offend people. With college. We're, okay. No, yeah, we're all, all right. I went to college and while I, you know, loved the experience that I had, I regret the money I spent on tuition because I don't work in my degree, you know, and right. um while, while I love that time, I could have I wish I would have started investing in real estate straight out of high school, you right. know. Um so offend offend away. Go right. for it. So so I purchased that that private education through the the real estate investing education company Renatus, which by the way is something I will be a part of for the rest of my life. But mm-hmm. you know, so I was four classes away from graduating with my bachelor's in business administration with a focus on entrepreneurship. Okay. And I'm gonna let you know right now that I would have been pissed if I would have paid to go to college. Right. I was getting paid to go to college. Right, yeah. I was getting paid like $1,400 a month and my school was taken care of through the GI Bill, through the military. Gotcha. And so, you know, I was, I was you know, well-educated at this point on tax and legal uh, because we learned from a gentleman named Mark Kohler. He's an absolute animal. I mean, he's the, he's the CPA of CPAs. Gotcha. And so, uh, you know, one of my, per- this is where, this is, the, this is the straw that broke the camel's back or well, however you want to put that. Yeah. But, um, you know, she she stood up in the front of the room and she was like, an LLC is the greatest thing for new entrepreneurs to start up with. I'm like, you're wrong and you should probably consult with the professional. <laughs> I mean, because actually with an LLC, 
uh, a traditional LLC, you don't open the door up to 300 plus or minus write-offs available to you per year as a business owner. That's more of an LLC taxed as an S-corp or an actual S-corporation or in some cases, which you know, for us small business owners and real estate investors is not really applicable, uh-huh. but a, a C-corp. So, you know, as a W-2 employee, you're entitled to roughly 15 types of tax write-offs per year. As a business owner uh, that is making income, and I'm talking not with a traditional LLC, that's for your long-term holdings, but something along the lines of an LLC with an S election to where it's being taxed as an S corp and you're actually making money in that business, Mm -hmm. you open the door up to 300 and plus or minus write-offs available to you per year. Wow. You know, and then you're a business owner and real estate investor, you open the door up to 350 plus or minus write-offs available to you per year. Yeah. And so if, if that student has a solid business plan, which happens to, you know, for us younger generation, you can simply start up an online business and let's say you're starting to make, you know, $8,000 per month. Yeah. That LLC is not doing anything for you. You should have something more along the lines of an S corp to where you shave 15% in taxes right off the top. Okay. So, I mean, what they were teaching is garbage. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. just, she, she was way off track. I sure. Mean. So, I mean, you got your LLC for your long-term holdings, your partnerships. Uh, you know, if you start making some, some active or, or fast money, so to say, you're wholesaling, you're, yeah. you're flipping. Right. Uh, you should probably maybe start, and, and full disclosure, everybody, I am not a CPA. This is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just what you've done. Yes. It's worked for you. Yeah, and gotcha. so... In an LLC with a with an S election, you know, if you plan to do some wholesaling and fix and flip and generating maybe some fast money, uh, I, I would go along those lines. Or if you really plan to clear eighty thousand dollars this year, mm-hmm. you should probably just go ahead and have that S corp. Okay. And then you can attach LLCs to it. Gotcha. For your long term holdings. This is very good advice. Yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I just I just formed an LLC. So. Awesome. Um, good. Yeah. That's good to know. It's still good, good for long term holdings. Though. Sure. Yeah. But you cannot graduate a traditional LLC into an S corp. Okay. So that's that's the flaw there. Gotcha. But uh, the write-offs, man, as as a business owner, are just I mean, the Ram Rebel sitting outside—that's a hundred percent write-off. That's awesome. The whole truck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's three different ways to write off a vehicle. You got miles and maintenance. Uh-huh. You got gas and maintenance. So like my muscle car, that uh-huh. thing never passes a gas station. Gotcha. So we're gonna write off the gas and maintenance, and then you got the truck slash SUV clause that that falls under, and that's a hundred. The whole truck, all fifty-one thousand dollars of it, is a write-off. Uh, the new 35 inch tires that I put on it. That's a, that's a tax write off. That's I mean, awesome. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. Loopholes. I can man. go into that yeah. all day long. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so you, you go to school and then you decide to, um, instead of become like an agent, um, you decide that you wanted to start investing. Yeah. Um, and then let's go into your first deal. Um, so you said it was a flip. And you profited thirty k. Yeah. Um, how did that deal? How did that deal work? How did that you was find it? Um, very scary deal. Yeah, I mean the first one always is. And so just a testimony to to what you know that program has done not just for me but for my family. Uh-huh. My first fix and flip was actually that childhood home that I was talking about that I grew really? up in. And so whenever my parents moved back to Missouri after he finished his career out in Chrysler, I was up there in Missouri visiting for the summer. And my parents had bought a, a new house in O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh-huh. The house that we grew up in was being rented out, and okay. I, they were having issues with it. And I'm just like, you know, just getting into the business, just you know, get, getting the fundamentals down. And sure. 
you know, my dad was telling me some of the stuff that was going on and I was like, well, let me look at the contract. Let me see what you got going on here. Yeah. I mean, this thing looked like it was pulled off of Google. I'm oh, talking, right. <laughs> you know, any any repairs over $200 needed, like he was going to pay for it. Oh, like, wow. oh, it was just a, it was just all jacked up. Yeah. And, um, you know, ended up having a personal relationship with the tenant. That's a big no-no. Don't ever do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, health problems started happening. I mean, I, I went over and looked at that house and the childhood home that I grew up in was destroyed. Yeah. I have never seen somebody so nasty in my entire life. That's this house tough. was disgusting. And it makes it even worse because that's right. the home you grew up in. Yeah. There's so much nostalgia there and, yeah. and memories. And so that's probably a tough pill to swallow. So believe it or not, my dad asked me for advice. He's like, well, what would you do? Uh -huh. And so I ran through his options and, and fix and flip was not one of them that I was going to suggest at that point in time. Sure. It was to uh, you know, hey, I'm so sorry. At this point, does your dad still own this house? No, I'm gonna talk about that. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. And so, uh, so what happened was is that I, I ended up helping uh, get him out. But he asked me for my advice of what he should do. I told him, well, you should go in there and you know drop about five grand, take it out of your 401k or whatever, and and what I, what I like to call rent proof it. I'm talking go in there and lay some. Uh, luxury vile tile planking floors, LVT, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the good waterproof stuff and, you know, slap some more paint on it and, you know, make it to where next time you need to come in, repairs are not going to be that expensive sure. and build more equity so you can have a, you know, a good check as your exit strategy whenever you right. do decide to, to sell it. Gotcha. Of course, you know, your parents don't listen to you. So <laughs> anyways, I was helping my buddy manage his um, landscaping business at the time um, because, they, I mean, he was just all jacked up. And so, and, and I can only take like five minutes at a time hanging out with my parents. It just gets really annoying. Sure. Yeah, that's so, what, yeah, up there visiting, yeah, up there visiting with the family for the summer and uh, I had to get out of the house. But anyways... I get a call and my mom's like, hey, half your dad's face isn't working. What do I do? I'm like, well, oh, you should no. probably get him in the car right now and take him to the hospital. Yeah. And so just so you know, I have a little sister with Down syndrome. I have an older brother that's about to be 30. Uh, he's in a lot of student debt as well. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, he fell into that. He's a perfect example. I'm trying not to trash talk him here, though, because I do love him. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, I get to the hospital. My brother's there. And my little sister's there, and you know they're both crying. My mom's crying, and I'm like, "Oh wow, this is serious. I gotta be strong here." Yeah. I go back there, and my dad, he's coherent. You know, you could tell half his face was sagging a little bit, and yeah. uh, you know, I've never seen my dad hurt ever in my life. Right. And so, you know, I asked the nurse what's going on, and um, she's like, "Well, your dad's brain is bleeding." And I'm like, "Okay, all right." Yeah. Um, so what are you what are you doing about yeah, it? Yeah. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah. So they're stabilizing them. The the neurosurgeon that deals with that type of thing, which is an AVM, mm -hmm. uh, just got out of surgery. Like the past twenty four hours, he was conducting surgery. Man. He's like on hour three of sleep. Yeah. And so uh, they're like, well, we're just gonna have to stabilize him. This this doctor has to get rest. Yeah. You know. So fifteen minutes later, uh, my dad starts having seizures, and um, this is where it really hit me. And my family was was scared like no other. And, right. you know, I asked the nurse what's going on. Um, and his his brain started bleeding about five times worse than it was before. Okay. And at this point, I don't know if my dad's going to live or not. Mm -hmm. And so they actually got that surgeon up out of, uh, out of bed and, you know, took the helicopter over to the other hospital where they specialize in that. And uh, they pretty much told us, uh, you know, 
we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there is no promises here. Uh, if he does make it through, I mean, he could be a vegetable for all we know. Yeah. And so, anyways, the the surgery was successful. Um, but my dad, you know, for three weeks after that, my dad was in the hospital. And it took him dang near, I think, two weeks to even wake up. But whenever he woke up, he didn't even know who we were. Oh, wow. Which was horrible. Yeah. But during that two-week time period, my mom was like, my mom's a stay-at-home mom. Okay. So she doesn't know how to pay bills. Sure. She doesn't really know how to do anything online. Not really, you know, financial, financially savvy. Sure. So my grandparents were helping her to teach her how to pay bills and stuff like that. And... My mom comes up to me and she's like, I think we're going to have to call one of those we buy houses signs or, or let that house go to the bank. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make this happen. I just started going through my fix and flip class with that education company. And I was like, nope, we're going to make something happen. So okay. I ran my numbers on the property. They were very tight. Like sure. not, not even, you know, most seasoned investors would really mess with this and yeah. I ended up building my team. I got one of the best real estate agents in St. Louis, you know, by paper. I could see the transactions that he's done. Yeah. He performs. Uh got my CMA done. Um built my contracting team, which me and my family, we took care of everything on the outside of the house, which was kind of pretty pretty extensive. Sure. We had to build a whole new deck or whatever. Oh wow. Um the inside of the house we had a, a contractor that was also a family friend. Uh, he, he got compensated, but you know, nowhere near what it would normally be. Yeah, right. Right. And so, um, uh, leveraged a little bit of private money in that transaction as well. Okay. Uh, threw some money on credit cards. I wrote it up subject to existing financing. Uh, because I don't care who you are, even if you're doing business with family, yeah. you better have it in paper and you better have it straight. Yeah. And so I, I didn't want my mom to have any influence whatsoever in any of the decision making. So I literally put it under contract subject to existing financing and started doing this deal. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it was a huge learning experience. I was kind of forced into it. Right. And my dad was recovering at the time. Uh, we got the deal done. It ended up being thirty grand in profit, mm-hmm. and, and what does what does one do when his parents are in you know struggle mode? Right. Yeah. So my parents were at that time like in in fifteen thousand, roughly fifteen thousand dollars in medical debt. Yeah. Which, by the way, let me remind you, he worked his entire life to 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 settle on a fixed income and garbage insurance. Right. So yeah, I, I gave um, I gave probably twenty five thousand dollars in profit back to my family. That's paid off that 15 grand in medical debt, prevented the foreclosure, uh, which my mom didn't expect any of this. Yeah. The deal was, is that I prevent the foreclosure, the rest is mine. But I mean, as a, you know, that's your parents. Yeah, so, for sure. So, you know, I, I got them out of that hole, prevented the foreclosure. Uh, it was under contract within, you know, 24 hours with four offers all over asking price. That's awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. That's so cool. I mean, a horrible situation to be in. Um, and um, is your dad doing okay? Yeah, he's alive now. And, um, you know, he has to walk with a cane, be starting to say sentences and stuff like that. But it's... Yeah. Whew, it's Uphill a, battle. Yeah. Well, um, I'm so glad that he's doing okay. Um, and it's just so interesting to see that, like... And I firmly believe this, that, like, when people are put in tough situations, like, they rise to the occasion, you know? Like, that, right. like you said, those numbers were tight. Like... Before, you know, if you weren't felt, I guess if you didn't feel the drive to do that or feel the obligation to 
you know, help your family, you probably would have walked away from that. Deal. I would have. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, it's, so that's a, a daunting deal and, um, you know, a tough situation to be in. Um, but you know, you took on that challenge and, and you rose to the occasion and you made it work. Right. Which is so, um, just so awesome. And it, I'm sure that prepared you for future deals. Oh yeah. Especially when it comes to, because I, I, everyone yeah. is afraid of risk when it comes to investing yeah. in any form or, or fashion. Um, and so going into that with the numbers so tight and then with also, you know, the emotional struggle that you're going through with your family and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure that really prepped you for, you know, looking at risk going forward and saying like, that's nothing, you yeah. know, cause I Fix went, and flips I went now this. for me are so easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I already have the worst deal ever out of the way. Right. That, that right. was it. And you profited from it, which yeah. is amazing. You know, yeah. very cool. Um, and so going forward, um, so that was in, um, you said that was in St. Louis? Yeah, that was in O'Fallon, Missouri. So I've done deals in multiple states. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so have you done, so, but at this time, are you, you're done with school and College Station? Uh, yeah, well, Central Texas A&M, yeah. I oh, okay. I don't go to school. Gotcha. Yeah, because at that point in my business, I was making like $10,000 a month, $14,000 a month, and like I, I was trading my time for dollars, kind of like somebody at a job. Sure. Right? Like it's just not worth it at, okay. at that point. So right. that's when I just decided to drop out. And, and, you know, I wasn't impressed with the education either. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and so your next deal, I think that you mentioned was the 14 unit yes. apartment complex. And is that, is that you, are you the only owner of that or did uh, you go no, in? No, it's, it's me and two other partners. Um, so I actually found that deal on Craigslist for sale by owner. Wow. And it was listed at 389 and I negotiated them down to 319 with seller financing, 30 K down. And then there's a, there's a basically a wrap. Gotcha. And so we'll uh, we'll refinance out of that actually this year. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 pretty lucrative. Um, it, it does cash flow, you know, pretty decently. Uh, we actually use we could just pocket the cash flow, right? But I think sure. that's stupid. It's a distressed Class C multifamily property. So what we do is, is we take the cash flow and reinvest it into the building. Yeah. And so I think we have four more make readies that we need to complete. Okay. Um, and, and basically what that is, is we'll spend about $1,600 to put some LVT floors in it, paint some, some, some new vents, right? Some, you know, any repairs, make it look nice. And uh, that attracts a better qualified tenant. Um, and so, and it looks good whenever we go to refi out of it. Sure. But, um, so we're going through that process right now. We take all of the cash flow and reinvest it into the building. We just put a new roof on it as well. Awesome. And yeah. so, and where's that? Um, That's in Colleen, Texas. Okay. Which I know a lot of Austin investors are, are scared of yeah. the Colleen Temple Forthead market, which I think is the weirdest thing ever. So, okay. Why, why do you say that? Like, I guess debunk it. I'm going to debunk this right now. <laughs> all right. So... You know, I, I've heard all types of excuses, you know, like, oh, I don't know what the market's doing over there. Look, man, it's freaking 45 minutes down the road. How right. do you not know what's going on over there? Yeah. There's a great demand for rental properties over there in the clean Temple Fordham market. Temple itself is a great fix and flip market. You can even flip houses in Colleen. Matter of fact, the Brookway property that I just wrapped up, uh, that was under contract within 24 hours over asking price. Awesome. And then the funding fell through for that guy something popped up on his credit so okay. we had to put it back on the market under we raised the price 
to to what that guy's offer was yeah. and it was back under contract within 24 hours awesome that's awesome. <laughs> so you can flip and clean yeah just understand that the days on market are going to be a little bit longer plan for 120 days on market okay uh mine never last that long right uh, they're never on the market for that long at all gotcha. the numbers just have to work i mean one thing in real estate is is that the numbers never lie okay ever all right, so I really don't understand why individuals are so scared of the Fort Hood market. You know, one thing that I heard was, and especially with multifamily, I was talking to a multifamily investor negotiating this new 14 unit that I'm looking to pick up. Sure. And he's like, well, what happens if a, a next big war happens, all of our troops deploy? And I'm like, what do you think? You, they're going to pack their wives in the bag, too, and take them with them? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, know, right? There's, there's still going to be people there. There's still going to be a demand for rent. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually... A, a really safe market I would say cool and it's on the rise actually I mean uh, there's a lot of new construction out there and yeah there, there's definitely a demand for housing um, but you know we have a bunch of different markets around us right here yeah why come play ball in Austin whenever you have all this competition out here I mean I have not met one good wholesaler in Austin not one. Oh wow I mean I've never seen one deal come across my desk that's you know, 70% of the after repair value minus repairs plus their wholesale fee, mm -hmm. you know, which equals my max allowable offer. Gotcha. If there's a deal like that, I'll buy it. No problem at all. But I, I haven't came across it. So right. I think that a lot of wholesalers out here are capitalizing on dumb money is mm -hmm. what I like to call it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if there's a deal that doesn't make sense here, somebody's going to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there are, I mean, we, we've met some wholesalers and even had a few, um, on the podcast that are, are great guys, but there, I mean, you're right. There are some, some people who are capitalizing on investors from out of state who don't know the market, don't know the neighborhood or the house itself. Um, and are just, they hear Austin and they think, you know, they I have mixed feelings about that. Like, you know, I, I, there's even some folks that are, you know, highly successful in, in our group that I brought into this business and our education program that, you know, will make seven figures, over seven figures in real estate profit this year. But, you know, he's become one of those guys that is capitalizing on, on dumb money. And I, I don't think I could ever bring myself to do that. Sure. Honestly. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's a, a huge thing that, you know, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen um, in this market and in life in general is that. Um, you know, being a good person goes a long way and, um, you know, having a good reputation and like I said, just being a good person and, and treating people well, like that goes a long way. And, um, you know, if you do the opposite, that'll, um, you know, I firmly believe that you'll learn your lesson one day, you know, yeah. and I, I hope it's in a, in a, in a good way, you know? Right. Um, I believe a lot of wholesalers here locally are, are, they don't understand the concept that you should probably be wholesaling your best deals. Mm-hmm. Right. They, the, the deals that really just aren't that great, those are the ones that they're, you know, marketing out there. And sure. as, a, as a wholesaler, which that's not really my niche, uh, you know, I'll do, you know, like I, I enjoy my time a lot. Just yeah. so you know, like hunting season comes around, <laughs> which starts this Saturday. Yeah. You know, I, I might be wholesaling some deals instead of actually doing the flip because I just really enjoy my time, even though I don't spend that much time at a fix and flip at all, really. Right. Gotcha. I just don't feel like dealing with it. Um, but as a wholesaler and especially here in Austin, I think you could build a massive business uh -huh. if you just understood that you need to put the people first and the money will follow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. That's yeah. a good motto to have, I would say. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, um, and so back going back to Colleen Fort hood, that area, 
Um, that sounds amazing to me because you know the Austin market is is so hot that like as a beginning investor, um, you know it's hard to get in, right? Yeah. And I see deals going on in in Colleen and Fort Hood all the time, and because of the stigma that I've heard, right? Um, you know, like I mean, I've I've stayed away. But right. hearing this from you now makes me think that, like, because of the deals I've seen, like, it would be easier to get in. Um, oh, it's so easy. Yeah. I do deals and I don't even try. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, it's not hard. Right. That's awesome. It's like, oh, I feel like doing another fix and flip. I'll do a little bit of marketing and yeah. you know, put the word out, see what's going on. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, so now... What is like your long-term goal? I know that you said that you really enjoy your time. Um, you have a soon-to-be wife, um, a, a one child, another baby on the way. Right. Congratulations! That's Thank so you. exciting. Um, and so, what's the what's the long-term goal like? Um, so, I I, I want to create as many successful investors as I possibly can. I actually enjoy that more than, than real estate itself. Okay. Um, and so, I, I mentor a lot of people here in Central Texas, believe it or not, uh, which is kind of weird because I've only been in the industry for, you know, less than four years. Right. And so, uh, you know, the most rewarding thing for me is is watching some people, you know, get into our group and, and go out there and take action and see success. That is the most rewarding feeling ever. We, we work with a lot of veterans over there in the Fort Hood market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got warrant officers. We got active duty troops. We got retired lieutenant colonels and, you know, uh, a huge, you know, veteran group over there. Not just veterans, but civilians, too. And, yeah. you know, it's it's different from our group here in Austin. You know, it's it's like, you know, I believe that there's a lot of folks that are just really comfortable here in the Austin market. Uh-huh. You go over there and folks are hungry. Right. And so they, they do a lot of deals. They see a lot of success. So my main goal is to change as many lives as I possibly can. Uh, but as far as real estate, you know, I'd like to leave a thousand acres of Texas land to each one of my children. Uh, I'd like to leave them a massive portfolio of multifamily. And, and I want this all locked up and trusts, and I want my values and morals to live on well after I'm dead. You know, people say that you can't die with your money, right. uh, or however that's you know said. Can't take but, your money with you. Yeah, you can't take your money with you. But the truth of it is, is you, you can make it work for you. Yeah. I definitely. mean, if one of my kids, you know, doesn't check off this box or this box, like if they want to get into business ownership, they're you know they'll have access to the wealth. You know. If, if they just put it this way, if, if one of my children or ever one of those children that are, are you know, not doing the right things, uh-huh. they're not going to get access to the wealth. Gotcha. Right. So they're yeah. going to have to check off certain boxes. And that's whenever I say my values and morals are going to live, you know, well after I'm dead. Right. So I, I want to leave. Um, I want to leave a legacy, legacy. For, for future generations is what it is. That's awesome. That's very cool. And that's I mean, that, I mean, I feel like in in any business, but in real estate and in investing, um, you know, finding your why is huge, you know, finding your purpose and, and that and letting that drive you, not doing it for, you know, I guess for the money itself. Yes, right. that's great, you know, and that's awesome. And you're able to live a comfortable life, but finding a deeper reason of why and family seems to be huge to you Oh, absolutely. Um, as it is, as it is to me. And, you know, that's, um, that's and awesome. I, I consider all, all of our investors my family, too. I mean, I want people to know that there is a different 
way of doing things out there versus the nine to five mm-hmm. versus going to school and getting a job. I mean, I, I see that failing right now time and time and time again. Yeah. I hate to say this and I hope my brother never listens to this podcast, but <laughs> you know, he's two years older than me, $45,000 in, in college debt and lives in my parents' basement. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he works a nice corporate job, but also, you know, works for a sandwich company as a second job. Right. You know, he's just trying to survive. And I, I just want folks to know that there is most certainly a, a different way of doing things. You know, I went from making $30,000 a year to where I've had a month uh, this year that I've made over $70,000 in one month. Yeah. So life for me is, is, is much different. Right. And it's amazing because you just started, what? three years ago with yep, with about, your real estate about, investing career about three years and eight months ago yeah and now you just had a month that you made seventy thousand dollars in like when people see like it when people look at the big picture too much i feel like it's daunting you know when you look at real estate investing and thinking like well i'll never reach that level of, of success where i'll make seventy thousand dollars in one month and three years later you know you're doing it yeah. So I would say that like, and this is something I've seen before a trend, so to speak, um, with real estate investors is like, just put in the work, you know, just, just grind. And, you know, you know, when it's time, that's when you lift your head up. But, you know, it's about taking action. You're most certainly right about that. I mean, it's about getting around the right people, the right knowledge, the right network. Network is very very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I've raised a little over $2 million to do all my real estate deals with. Uh-huh. So most of my fix and flips, actually all of my fix and flips have been with using none of my own money and none of my own credit. Um, except for this Kempner deal that I'm doing right now. I, I didn't want to go back to my investor for, uh, we went three grand over budget, gotcha. which is perfectly fine because the, the numbers are still phenomenal right uh, i'll walk away with 17 grand she'll walk away with like 12 grand gotcha. her only capital committed was seventy two thousand dollars, and she gets her return in, in less than three months that's, i mean that's a good deal that's over a 50 percent annualized return on her investment but whenever i tell my investors something i don't ever like going back so i actually leveraged some of my own money on this deal for, sure yeah for that yeah so but anyways um and a lot of that money came from simply our network, uh-huh. right? Our group. And right. so your, your network is very important, but the work will never do itself. Right. You know, if, if folks are out there looking for a get rich quick overnight, you know, scheme, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to put in work. Have to put in the work. Yeah. But it's and fun. It is fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. And I love what you said about your network, you know, relationships are, are huge, you know, and even you know people who aren't interested in real estate, just in life, you know, having um, building good relationships and being a good person will take you so far. Absolutely, know? yeah, I agree. So, what is um, before we close out? Um, you told me your long term goal. What for like the listeners, people who are thinking about getting started and in investing in real estate? Um, what would you what would your advice be as far as getting started? This is kind of a rigged question because I, I want to tell you just to contact me and I'll get you information on our group. <laughs> yeah. Literally, because I mean, it is exactly what got me to where I am today. Cool. So, I mean, I, I don't know anything else to say but that because you can be taken advantage of in so many ways. Sure. Gotcha. I'm going to put somebody on blast right now. Okay. And it's a, it's a big company. 
It's a huge company. <laughs> okay. All right. Go so for it. The company is called Rich Dad. That's not the company that I'm part of, right? But their their education is eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. Their their biggest package, and uh-huh. it's an upsell model. So if you need something additional, you're you're gonna have to pay. Oh, you need some additional coaching. That's twelve hundred bucks a month, and then you're gonna be you're gonna you know be sent to a call center, uh-huh. right? Well, they don't have one third of our curriculum of our highest level of education, and uh, and that highest level of education in our group is twenty thousand dollars. Okay. And uh, we provide folks with funding options. Gotcha. guaranteed funding yeah so i feel like i'm doing a disservice to folks if i don't tell them about it for sure yeah that's awesome i mean i i fully support that i mean if i mean push what you believe and um you know i believe in you and and your yeah you know your business and, and what you guys are doing and um, how much you you care for people so you know i fully support you know you you plug in that that's awesome thank you so um that let just was a great uh, lead into my my next question. How can people find out about you? Um, so you can you can actually just uh, give me a phone call. Um, my number is five one two three seven five eight two three two. Okay. I hope I don't regret putting that out there, but that's my actual cell phone number. And just you know, text me. Let me know. Hey, you want more info? Just so everybody knows, we have investors in every state that are part of this uh, real estate investing education. Uh, we have office locations all across the nation as well. I mean, I don't know where the, the majority of your listeners are at, but we have an office in Austin. Cool. Weekly meetings. We have uh, weekly meetings in the Fort Hood market as well. Real deal fix and flip tours where we bring you into the property, talk about how we found the deal, funded the deal, what the repairs look like, the after repair value. Gotcha. Um, and, and we're very diverse. We cover all aspects of real estate investing to include the business ownership and financial strategies that come along with it. Um, it's not just real estate. It's about you being a squared away business owner uh, from the get-go, which gotcha. is pretty cool. So, yeah, just Definitely. give me a call. Shoot me a text. Actually, preferably text. And, you know, let me know that you're interested. And, and I'll get you information on our group. Awesome. Cool. Um, well, Ryan Dodge, you live up to the name. You've, <laughs> you've fully impressed me. And I, I can guarantee you the listeners are impressed as well. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I just want to really say thank you guys. And, um, you know, I appreciate it. And I can I look forward to continuing this, this relationship and, and see where it goes. Yes, sir. Will do. All right. We'll see you guys later. Listen, guys, we have had some really awesome people on our podcast before, and I've enjoyed it. But this interview that I have with Mr. Ryan Dodge is by far my favorite experience of recording a podcast. It was so enjoyable just to to get to talk to him and get to know him and see what he's been through and the deals that he's done and how he approaches um, investing in real estate and how he approaches just the concept of financial freedom. It was very eye-opening and I feel sorry for you guys not being able to be in the room with him because it's just a whole nother a whole nother deal. He was so enjoyable to be around and I really appreciate him being on the podcast. If you guys want to find out more about Ryan, I'm gonna put all of his information in the show notes below. Please reach out to him. He's an awesome guy. He is there for you whenever you need him and very smart, very educated, and just a, a great guy all around. So 
Once again, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed it, and I know that the listeners did too. You listeners out there, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought and share it with some of your friends. We really enjoy hearing your feedback, and we enjoy new listeners coming to the show every week. We release a new episode once a week, so be on the lookout for next week's episode. We'll see you guys next time. 